0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast. I'm Dustin and I'll be your host today on I guess it's just a E3 2021 coverage day. Like I I have exhausted all of my shows. I've run out of out of time over the course of the weekend to deliver this to you on a Friday show or on a on today's episode. So I guess this is basically just a special episode. I hope you don't mind me sharing the day with Anthony. I know Sunday is typically his day, but I've got to get through these showcases. And so I can't wait until my regularly scheduled shows next week. I have to do it now. And this time, uh, by the way, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. If you haven't been on the podcast before, uh, well, it's nice to have you. It's good to see you. Take off your shoes. Take off your coat. All right, we're going to get into the Gorilla Collective Showcase. Now, this is apparently day two of the Gorilla Collective Showcase. I believe day one happened on June 5th, all the way back there on June 5th, and I didn't know about it, so we didn't cover it. We didn't talk about it, and I, I'm i going to have to rethink or reevaluate my methodology in covering E3 2021 events and maybe next year only cover the big events and find the big eye-popping gems that came out of the smaller events to bring those on board. But for now, for this year, for 2021, I am committed to doing all of these smaller events as well. And so it'll be nice as well when Anthony uh, does his episodes uh, to kind of sparse out my repetitive voice that you're hearing over and over and over again. All right, so on to the showcase. There's a lot to cover in this one, so I better get started. Um, first off, the first thing I, I noted about the showcase is, again, these two hosts were very awkward together. Uh, similar, not as, not I was almost said as bad as the IGN, but these guys were way worse than the IGN uh, folks. Uh, pretty awkward. It looked a lot smaller budget, and kind of the nature of the games w- made sense that it was a, a smaller budget because these look like smaller indie games. Now I talked about in previous showcases that some of the games look like they would be the games that you would find on on a console on a console store or in a Steam store that that run you between five and fifteen dollars, and that that couldn't be truer for this showcase. There are a lot of smaller developers, smaller games here. They started off the show with Origami 2. It's a, a Shadow Ninja game. And I played the first Origami. I believe it was on Xbox Game Pass where I got a chance to play it. Um, it looks like they've improved the gameplay a lot. It is another what I feel like is a spiritual successor to the game Tenchu Stealth Assassins back on the... PlayStation 1. I know they've done other Tenchu games as well, but that's the one that I remember. Uh, you you maybe, if my memory serves, in this game had to stay more in the shadows than you did in the uh, in the first game. You had to stay all the way in the shadows or you die from the light. Maybe that was also just the tutorial part of the game and I didn't get on to the other parts. And it always strikes me as curious because stealth missions in games are the second worst kind of mission. The first worst kind of mission, of course, being the escort mission. So are stealth games like some of the worst games? Are escort games the worst games? Regardless, this is coming out on September 17th. Then there was a really neat one uh, called Fire Girl Hack and Splash. And basically, you're kind of a a 2D cartoon girl and you're a firefighter. And you go through these 3D environments with this kind of nice-looking fire, like the game doesn't look bad at all, and you fight fires. And then you rebuild damaged structures. You can upgrade your your fire station. It looks like a very neat concept as well. Then Stormmind Games uh, had a game called Batora Lost Haven. It's a, they say, platformer, and they shape, you shape your story through a karma system. And it's a twin shooters plus a hack and slash style game, plus kind of a dungeon crawler style game. Whenever I think of games with a karma system, I always feel like the karma system is it's underutilized. And you can play as a evil character, or you can play as a good character, and those choices are will affect those immediate scenarios you know a young young child is hanging over a, a pit full of snakes you can either help them up or you can kick them down into the pit of snakes because they heard the mayor's secret or something and and you got to make those choices and so in that moment It gives you the satisfaction of being a good character or a bad character. But realistically, no matter how far it moves that meter to the left or to the right, at the end of the game, you are given, typically, you are given a choice between being the bad character for the ending, the bad character ending, or being the good character for the good character ending. And those little tiny choices that you made along the way are inconsequential. Ideally, a good karma system would be one that only allows you to make the good choice or the bad choice at the end, depending upon your story narrative that you created yourself throughout, or at least I I think. And and I don't imagine that that this game is the one to do that, but there will be a game that does that. There was a game called Grime, and... It didn't have much in way in the way of gameplay. It had like two naked rock people that were like kissing and they were sending some spiritual aura between their mouths. A cinematic trailer coming out in twenty twenty one though. So who knows what that's all about. Uh Bullets per minute and Okay, this one, oh this one it has a really cool concept, I think. Did you ever play the game Crypt of the Necro Dancer. So, Crypt of the ne- Necro Dancer is a, a roguelike game where you go into these dungeons, and as you go throughout the dungeon, it's got tiles that you step on, and the tiles alternate in, co- in, in color, kind of like a checkered board. So, they go from blue to green, back to green, to blue, you know, back and forth. Uh, and the enemies that spawn. They only can move along the tiles, and they only do so according to the beat of the music. Now, most of the beats have this very techno jam tune. Ounce, 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 ounce. I know, I, I should be a DJ. I'm incredible. I should be a beatboxer. That was a, amazing. But they, they, the, the characters move to the beat, even your character, even the protagonist. And so you can only make attacks... Or, or you can make attacks outside of the beat, but when you do, you're penalized for it. The attacks aren't as impactful. However, and then you have to figure out, you know, how to move with your enemies. Now, this is kind of like that, but it, it's a first-person shooter. It looks like a Doom-styled game, and so everything that you do is more impactful if you do it to the beat of the music, whether you are reloading, shooting, moving, using a melee attack... That sort of thing. So, it's a very cool concept. One that has been done, albeit in a different genre, in a different platform. And so, it's cool to see. It's cool to see. They obviously took inspiration from a game like that. And were like, yeah, that's cool. But let's put it in a a game like this. And it is out currently now if you have a, a PC. But otherwise, you'll have to wait for later on this summer to get it on consoles. Team Nora Games and Hypertrain Digital has a game called Akatori. It's a it's a pixel side scroller bow staff combat style game. And I played a game, and I I bet you a nickel they are from the same developer. But I played a game on Game Pass that looked exactly like this, but it was much more spooky. So if you <laughs> if you are a mind reader out there and you know what that game is. Let me know. Let me know what that game is. Archvale is like a a bullet hell game. It looks very similar to Nuclear Throne. So again, I wouldn't be surprised if this game maybe came from the same publishers or developers as that one. It's a co-op game. Comes out in 2021. Uh, No Longer Home. It's a sad story game. Very existential elements. students are disillusioned with life oh what is this students are disillusioned with life oh yeah so this is the one that was built about there's these the the two people two of the main developers i guess on this game is based around their life and in it the characters they can grow apart and there's a lot of sitting down and talking. I'm not sure where the, I guess, the game portion of this game comes in. Uh, but that's coming out in 2021. Hunt the Night. Uh, it's kind of a bullet hell dungeon crawler. It's like a, a Castlevania meets Pokemon kind of aesthetic. It's really old school looking. And what I like about games like this is games that, like, they look old school, they might be pixelated, but all of them control way better than any old school game. I mean, if you if you want a game you're going to struggle with, go back and play, like, Lion King for the, the Super Nintendo or play Hook for the Super Nintendo. And you will be forever thankful of the older looking games that are coming out now. And I'm so glad that they still are. But the controls are more responsive, and and the pixel art even. I like all of it's gotten better, but it still maintains that kind of nostalgic feeling. Then we have Black Book. It looks like a cel-shaded spooky witchcraft game. There's tarot card battles that you engage in. Then B-Rad Entertainment has Demon's Mirror. A roguelike deck builder with Candy Crush elements. And so this, I've been playing Slay the Spire, which is a deck-building roguelike game. The first that I've ever played of that that type of variant of a roguelike game. But this one, it you have the cards, but then you also can activate the cards with Candy Crush. And so it's like this developer just put this, this game, Demon's Mirror, together, and they just slapped... A couple different elements from a couple different games. I'm not a fan of it. It looks like a a quick money grab, a cheap ripoff. Uh, Neverwinter is getting the bard class introduced. Now I never played that game, but if you're a fan of Neverwinter and you always wanted to play the bard, well, now's your now's your chance. Uh, there was some more information. I brought up a game. Uh, well, I didn't bring up a game. <laughs> I introduced this game. Uh, this game is solely responsible. Its creation is uh, solely uh, attributed to my my development of the game. I, I talked about a game called Loot River in a, in a couple showcases ago. And the interesting scheme where y- you have melee attacks... And you're able to make them on these platforms. But the platforms themselves, you can move around and kind of fit them in to either escape, make it, make an attack, or what have you. Uh, and it gave us some more information about how it controls. And so you control the character with the left stick. It's a top-down game, so you don't need any control over the camera. You move into what looks like uh, areas... And I assume that if the areas are bigger than just the screen, your your camera will move with the character. And then the you control the platforms with the right stick. So I was concerned that while you were playing it, you were going to have to give up your control of the character in order to move the platforms. But that seems to be not the case. And you can move both independently of one another. I mean, of course, you have to be on the platform to activate it. But... You can move your character around the platform, which is good in the event that some baddie, some some mob gets on the platform with you. You're able to attack it at the same time as you're moving the thing around. Uh, Ghost Runner is coming out on Switch on June 30th, and I, I uh, watched some of this with my brother, and he said Ghost Runner really looks like Doom, and by gosh, it does, right down to the demons, right down to the quick kill animations. Uh, Ghost Runner, I think, has been out for a little bit, but uh, it's coming out on the Switch on June thirtieth. <laughs> this one, this one really cracks me up. The Light of the Darkness, Uh it's it's a angel slash demon side scroller, and you you'll know what I mean in a second here. It looks like this game was developed by children in middle school, like. I remember developing comic book characters or I remember developing, you know, fantasy, magic, superhero characters of my own. And what a just a mishmash of other characters that they were like. I I just blatantly ripped off characters. This doesn't remind me uh, so much of that, but it just it's like. They took everything and they put it into one thing. And this is something that if you look at it, you'll be like, yeah, a, a kid from middle school would like that. The character design looks like they they couldn't decide on what their character should look like. So he, <laughs> he or she basically looks like a Deadpool-style character in a white mask. Oh, I'm sorry. I just hit, hit the microphone. I got so riled up about it. They're in a white mask and... They have both angel wings and like bat wings, and they're supposed to be something in between. Anyway, it comes out in 2022. If you, if you want to look it up, it's very interesting looking. Anyway, it's called The Light of the Darkness. Um, the next one was Slime Heroes. Looks like an adorable slime game, and I'm calling it now. It's 2.99 on the Xbox store. Never mind. It's not. It's not on Xbox. It's coming out on Steam. It's two ninety nine on Steam. Uh, demon turf. Uh, demon girl platformer. Two D, three D mashup style game. And this is like the the world turns in a in a standard three D fashion, but it appears that the protagonist, the demon girl, moves at angles in different different 2D animations which you would think that I would be a fan of based on my adoration and adulation of the claymated or stop motion games that I talked about in the previous showcases but no it just doesn't look good to me. Arietta of Spirits is uh, coming out in summer. It's an adventure explorer game. Then you've got unmetal, which looks like a <laughs> it looks kind of like a pixelated metal gear solid game. You do a bunch of sneaking, you go around these bases, but then it's got some really goofy, goofy lines, at least from what we the best one was You're sneaking around and a guard is on another side of some boxes, a fence, whatever, and he goes, What's that? And at that moment, a cat jumps out from behind a trash can and goes meow, and he goes, "Oh, it's just a cat." And then he knocks something else over your your protagonist, your main character, and the guard goes, oh, "What was that?" And the guy goes, "Another cat." <laughs> it was it was really funny to me at the time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Get this. Get this game. Get Unmetal. I think Unmetal deserves your Purchasing dollars just for that alone. Uh, then Wolfstride, It's a black and white battle game. Where you move up and down a, a track it would seem. And you can make attacks based on your location. Based on their range on this track. So it's, it is kind of like a tactics style game. However without a 3D element. It's just a single line. So it could be it could be pretty interesting. Then we had Severed Steel. Uh Severed Steel actually looks really really cool. So there was a game back on PlayStation 2 I think was where it was most popular or or the best versions of it were called Red Faction. And the big draw to Red Faction was you could damage any of your environment. Like you could you could blast holes through walls, you could you could dig, dig tunnels in in rock formations, anything like that. It was super cool, um, and I think maybe there were some structures that were immune to your damage. But I think they even fixed that in later iterations. Though I didn't didn't play any of the later iterations. So so this game, Severed Steel, it's got wall running. Uh, it looks like you can kick yourself off of walls, you can kick yourself off of enemies, you can use maybe a bullet time sequence to slow things down. And games like this, where it, it, it feels like they perfected the gameplay elements before the story. I don't know what the story is, so I could be completely wrong. But you know how you just get that feeling from some games where you're like, well, this isn't much story, but the gameplay... The mechanisms are really, really neat and I feel like this kind of game, this game specifically could be used in commentary videos online. Now, I've seen a lot of people do just gaming commentary, not like they're playing the game and doing commentary at the same time, but they're doing commentary whether it be a broadcast about news on video games or movies or just talking about internet gossip, but they use gameplay video in the background. And that's what I mean for this. I, I can see in the future a lot of severed steel gameplay background while someone talks about their favorite political party in their in their country they're in. Uh, there's some more footage of Sable, of course. Then there was a game called Bats, and of course that's an acronym for Bloodsucker Anti-Terror Squad. It's a 2D side scroller where you get to play as all of the vampire tropes, whether that is uh, zombies, ghouls, vampires, like man, bat creatures, vampire hunters, to include, you know, like sword wielding vampires or half vampire characters. Then there was Death Trash, a pixelated post apocalyptic horror survival game. This was done from like a three quarter top down angle and. I believe this was the one where everyone kept looking for meat and there was meat everywhere and whether it was human meat and at one point your character came across a little slug looking meat creature and it said you could pick it up you could kill it or you could release it and he picked it up and then he released it and he said hey hey there good buddy or something along those lines. It looks really, really cool. It looks very time-consuming, but it looks very complete and thoroughly done. Like, it has a very intensive inventory system, if this is the right one that I'm thinking of. Then Draw Distance uh, announced a game called Serial Cleaners. And the, the premise for this game is very odd, because it is a stealth game, but it's a, like a three-quarter top-down game and you have to be sneaky sneaking around these guards who have looks like they just messed up the place like there's little blood splatters everywhere and little little trails of blood big old messes of blood and what you do is you sneak around these guards and you use dry cleaning equipment floor cleaning equipment to clean up their mess it's very strange it comes out in 2021. Then uh, White Shadows, which is or looks like a Orwellian black and white platformer about a little bird girl. It looks very similar in style and aesthetic to the city of what was the city? The city of Rapture in the game Bioshock. Now, I don't think this isn't this isn't underwater but it's got that same same style of what a modern city would have looked like had the, the 1920s and 1930s just continued to progress in that kind of style. Kind of steampunky as well, um, but that's coming out in 2021. Then there was a game called Raji coming out in the fourth quarter of 2021, and it is a Hindi game. It's a platformer. Looks like it's got some bullet hell elements. Very solid looking platformer game. Uh, what was the thing that was unique about this game that the developers were talking about? They said it is the first fully fully voiced Hindi protagonist. Maybe that was it. Uh, <laughs> I just have another note here. It says these hosts are even more awkward than the IGN hosts their, their jokes didn't land. And I know how that is. My jokes don't land all the time. Uh, but fortunately for me, I have a much smaller audience, a smudge. You are the smudge. You know how, you know how (laughs) some creators online, some YouTube personalities, some Instagram, you know, they've got names for their audience. Uh, they have, you know, hey, hey, uh, what's going on, teddy bears? Or uh, what's what's happening, you know, media files? Uh, their name is, is Frank. And what's going on, Franco fans? The Culture Jacked audience does not have a name. We don't know who you are. Who are you? And as, as much as I combine the words as and much and smutch, just came, just came to me. Like if there is some kind of divinity, there's some kind of, of fate that, that just happened right now that we were all just blessed with. And so if you'll, you'll pardon me as I, as you allow me to try this on, and this is with no consultation, no collaboration, no concerted conversation with Anthony, but I think the audience of culture jacked is the smudge so <laughs> thank you smutch, for joining me today in this I don't know I gotta I gotta workshop it a little bit I guess okay back to the back to the games here uh, despots game it's a this is the one this is the one that I was talking about in the last showcase that I okay so this one is a roguelike auto battler and what does that mean you might ask? Basically, you've seen the you've seen the the videos online of you know a thousand penguins versus a thousand Santa Clauses or uh twenty T-Rexes versus eight hundred sheep. you know, who would win and they just go at each other. Basically, this takes roguelike elements, so you go from room to room, of course, defeating other enemies, getting power-ups. Uh, But you control a small army of humans and you go from to different rooms to fight monsters. You can then equip your humans with different weapons. One of them I saw was a refrigerator. And so as they're battling, there's just one dude in the middle of the battle pushing a refrigerator. It's very pixelated. It's very tiny characters. It's very adorable. Um, But otherwise, you need to equip them with weapons. You need to feed them. You need to modify your army. You need to control them in a way, and you don't really control them. You just kind of move them, or do you even move them? You just move them to the next room, and then they fight automatically. And then, at the end of the thing, you fight other players with your army of, of humans. It's got this very maniacal, mad scientist-sounding guy Doing the narration for it. And he's like, and did I do this just to create a race of superhumans with mutant abilities that could take on any battle? No, I just like to see you slaughter each other. Or something along those lines. Very, very funny. Despots game. And I don't know. It's probably just a PC game. Although I could see it on Nintendo Switch very easily. Then you've got Potion Craft. Uh, it, it's m- just kind of like an apothecary game. You make potions, people come by, and if you played any game where you prepare a meal and deliver it to the customer, and the the customer comes in and they order a cheeseburger, and you know that you need the ingredients, you need the bun, you need the lettuce, you need the cheese, and you need the burger, and then you put them all together, you give it to the customer, and they go. And then you get a, a line of these customers with different requests, and you have to fulfill them all. This is basically the same thing, but with potions, like you would find in... Any any basic standard RPG fare. And then uh, the next game is Ramen. And it's not spelled uh, like the noodle. It's spelled R-A-W-M-E-N. So they are raw. Ramen, it's a food fighting arena game is what it bills itself as. It is a team based game with different modes. And I didn't catch all of the modes. But one of them I did catch was uh, meatball mode. And you become a meatball, I think, and have to hold on to it the longest. You you hurt people with meatballs. It reminded me of the game. Oh, shoot. I've, I've forgotten it now. It's squids. It's, it's ink. The, the squids, they, they're they like girls and boys, but they can turn into squids and and swim through the ink. Oh, my Lord, what is the name of that game? It's a very popular game. I have to look it up. I have to. I'm sorry. I I was going to try and keep this podcast going without looking up anything for the recording of this episode tonight. Uh, What is the Squid Ink game? Which is called Squid Ink. No. No, it's not. Inklings? That's not what it's called. Then turn into hide their own as they ambush the enemies. Squid Ink Game Nintendo. That that looks like an article from, because that's not what it is. It's Splatoon. Inklings. What the hell are you talking about? Maybe that's a maybe that's a knockoff of it. Are Inklings kids? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Inklings are the characters. Squid kids from the streets of Inkopolis. They have the ability to turn into uh, Anyway, what was I talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ramen. Uh, It kind of reminds me of that for I I don't know why I don't. Uh, Okay, then uh, Happy's Humble Burger Farm, which is like a burger maker slash horror game. Now, I don't know. I mentioned my cousin uh, Good Chaos in the podcast in in last podcast. I don't know if he listens to these shows, but uh, GK, if you're out there listening this is a game you're going to need to play on your YouTube channel. Because he likes playing those kind of uh, horror games. Those games that maybe don't have the best graphics, but you have to go through a dungeon and a thing chases you and you have to collect some things to open a hatch somewhere else and you get to the get to the escape hatch and then you do it all over again with increasing difficulties. He likes that, that kind of stuff. And so I think this is right up his alley. Basically, you are a burger maker and you're, it's it's a happy-go-lucky trailer, nothing scary about it. Or so the the trailer would belie the truth that there's actually monsters that inhabit this this restaurant, and you have to uh, apparently make burgers at the same time that you're being hunted by these monsters. It looks absolutely terrible, but he'd absolutely love it, I think. Uh, Hello Neighbor two, and so this this game Hello Neighbor's been uh, on online. It's been out for several years now. Basically, in this one, you're a reporter coming to this town to learn about the the mysterious disappearance of these children. And through that, you come in contact with Mr. Peterson, who is a very eccentric man. He keeps his house boarded up. And for those of you familiar with the first game, of course, you have to run through his house without alerting him or alarming him. The thing about Mr. Peterson is... They have made this AI so it is constantly evolving and constantly learning. Now, a lot of AI in games do this. Whether you uh, move behind cover, they will try and flank you, or uh, even even very simple AI in like a fighting game. If you do a bunch of low kicks, and I I haven't read this anywhere. I don't even know if this is true, but it seems like it. If you do a bunch of low kicks, yes, I've just been outed as a low kicking cheap shotting SOB, shut up. What about it? Don't worry about it. Um, if you do a lot of low kicks in a fighting game, eventually the characters are going to learn to block that low kick. So this Mr. Peterson, he not only learns from the encounters he has from you, but he learns from the encounters that he has with other players that play this game. And the game apparently is consistently being updated to reflect his new knowledge of how a character will operate and they gave a good example they showed your character moving through the house and to escape mr peterson's purview they ducked inside of a closet and mr peterson passed them up they said well after 10 10 rounds they showed that same floor layout again you ducked inside of a closet and he went and checked the closet they showed you running through a door, Mr. Peterson, trying to go around to catch you but failing. And so the next time a character went to run through that same door, Mr. Peterson would throw, I think he threw a microwave or something at the door latch, closing the door, cutting off your escape. It's very, very interesting thing. Uh, and th- it's in a way that the game developer said that everyone is now participating in the development of this game and they said that all of the ai in this game perform in the same perform in the same way. Uh, so that's really cool. The next game is Trash Sailors and <laughs> it's like a pirate sailing game. It looks like it's got the same animation style by the folks that made the Don't Starve game. And, I mean, it still looks better than Skull and Bones, but your ship is constantly getting destroyed. The characters in it were constantly yelling about them. Try- they, they they keep trying to steal our trash. Uh, and so you're a trash sailor, basically. And yeah, your ship gets destroyed. You rebuild it. You go get more trash. That's the thing. Then there was a, a chat with the Among Us developer. And I believe they talked about... Oh, no, that was in a different stream. There was an Among Us chat where they talked about new features. Oh, shit, we talked about it already. Never mind. Don't you worry about that. So they talked more about Among Us, and then there was a game called Blooming Business Casino, which is basically a casino creator sim. I didn't know I needed that in my life. (laughs) In fact, I still don't know if I need it in my life. Then there was a game called Robo Dunk. It's like a robot basketball game. It was giving off some very serious NBA Jam vibes. Although the, the, the characters in it, they look so poorly done. Like it looked like it was a, a two generation ago game. Not for like modern consoles or modern gaming. And so I, I was watching this stream, this Gorilla Collective day two or part two. And there just seemed like there was so many games. It was just game after game after game after game. And the games were were drawing my attention less and less and less. They were less and less and less interesting. And so I, I put a note here. I said, okay, well, I'm done. I'm done with this presentation. I'm just going to scrub through the rest of it and find things that I think look interesting to me and not try and cover every single game. And as soon as I made that note... The hosts came back on and they were like, Well, everybody, thanks for joining us for the Gorilla Collective. So, uh, hopefully, this podcast didn't make you feel the same way that the show actually made me feel. Uh, if you are looking for smaller titles, if you are looking for those hidden gems, it's the shows like these, like the Gorilla Collective, like the Wholesome Direct, uh, that are going to give you those experiences. They did make this show the perfect length, though, I guess, because as soon as I found myself getting bored and as soon as I found myself going, I'm all out of games. I I don't want to do this anymore. Then the show ends. And uh, yeah, so that was the end of the Gorilla Showcase. It was a good show. It was not too much banter in between. It was mostly gameplay, not too terribly many just cinematic trailers. And don't get me wrong. I enjoy cinematic trailers as much as the next guy but i do feel like you know if we wanted a cinematic trailer then basically we just want a movie trailer and we're we're here for the gameplay that's what we want speaking of gameplay we have a lot of other showcases that we have to cover during this e3 2021 event to include ubisoft gearbox devolver digital i saw all those I already watched the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase. Oh, man. 27 games. 27 games. So anyone that that says that Microsoft does not have games, they are getting the games. And games that we knew that they would be getting based on all of the acquisitions that they've been doing over the last five years. They have been building up to this point, and I believe that this is just the start of it so we're going to see some more and we're going to see not only the games that come out there uh this year and next year but we're going to have more announcements when gamescom rolls around when the game awards rolls around we're going to see a lot more out of this mad dash for studio acquisition and anthony's going to talk about the microsoft showcase i don't need to do that um square enix watch that one that was pretty dang good uh man Square Enix is such a unique company. Like you can you can feel a Square Enix game coming at you from a mile away. But I will say no more of that. If you want to, if you are are, are so inclined, if you feel like the the passion and the urge strike you, please. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a follow, leave us a like, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts would be would be great. If you don't like listening to this podcast on the stream, you just listened to it on. We are on all kinds of different platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. We're on all the big ones and a bunch of the little ones as well. You can get a hold of us, get in contact with us. If we missed a game that you were looking forward to, or we didn't talk about one, or you'd like us to look into it further and get give us give you our extended evaluation on that game we will do it just hit us up on facebook or on twitter at culture jack you can also get a hold of us at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com other than that stay tuned for our other coverage of e3 2021 and we will see you in the next episode